0: This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London
1: is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As well always, your host, Brandon, your host, Nick, and Dan, gentlemen, is the Nottingham Force match review that we'll be covering today. Uh, a lot went on in this match. Unfortunately, none of the good stuff, Dan, but uh, plenty to discuss in this one.
0: Well, should we discuss that Ishan? who's been running socials for a while, had his first match at Sanford Bridge. Not a great one. We've had worse matches at Sanford Bridge, though. The loss to Spurs was probably an all-timer in terms yep. of performances. And then we should also mention that Nick Verlaney was in your hood, Brandon, and had a chance to enjoy a little bit of action with the Twin City Blues, which is always a treat at Brits. Busy day out, Nick.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we, we basically... Uh, I, was, I was in town to watch my terrible Nebraska Cornhuskers lose another heartbreaker. And... uh yeah, went, went to the pub in the morning and then we left straight after so I could make my flight uh, back home. So it was a uh, it was a hectic one. Lots going on. But, you know, I, I do think this of, of all of the pubs that I've been to and uh, all the fun that we've had. Brits Pub is certainly up there, if not at the very top of, of my favorite Chelsea pubs to go to. Uh, wonderful food, wonderful people. And uh, yeah, good to see everyone.
1: It was a nice busy day. Well represented. Even getting there like 25 minutes before the match. I uh, We're like in the back corner. So that just shows how, it was how packed. locked in they are. Yeah. It was great. Um, look, we're going to be talking about this this one, trying to break down as best we can. Uh, I think instead of really talking about what happened minute by minute, it's going to be more of a big picture conversation because we all saw what happened. Not a lot. We're going to figure out if they're the new bogey team for Chelsea this season, Uh we have some predictions around that, which is uh, interesting. Uh, we're going to gauge on the panic meter, where do you fall on this one? And then obviously we'll close it out with the transfer window finally ending. So as we jump in,
0: as always, Dan, you know what's coming. The three-word match review. Yeah, the people were on it yesterday. No surprise. There were a lot of bad ones in terms of just not being super happy. But there are ones that at least tried to be humorous in light of the result. We had Chelsea HQ with the We Need Goals. Surprise, surprise! Jeremy eight underscore eight call us Wendy's and the reference was four for four in terms of the performances in the That's Premier good. League and points. Good. It's really good. Tano with the should have spent two billion. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Jkt with the lost in woods. A lot of woods, tree, forest puns that I really enjoyed. Five takes with the trees stood tall. Pilo with the could not deforest. Yeah. These are these are good. These are good tree puns. Yeah, Mr. Thurman with the January adults only. Maybe talking about our transfer policy heading into the second half of the season. Craig with the undefeated in preseason. A good reminder. Jay with the process progress please. And then Janique with the timely reference. Happy labored play.
2: It's great, Janique. She's she's back in our game. Uh, she she and always she was there. She never left. She never left. That was that was very good. That was, it was kind of where I was going with mine, which is 2022-2023. Nice hyphen in there because Dan likes to abuse those in the, uh, the three-word match review. Type frustration. Uh, it was a lot of the same stuff. Just a lot of huffing and puffing. Can't really blow the house down.
1: You could have done like previous season frustration. I don't know why you had to jumble the letters and the numbers in there. I will not be
2: taking any comments at this time. Thank you.
1: I put paper versus eyes, the good old paper test versus the eye test, because that seems to be the debate on social right now. How good are we on paper versus in person when you play the damn match? Dan, what about you? Addressable problems persist. A little APP. <laughs> you know it. Oh, I can only imagine where this pot is going to go A- today. <laughs> but before we jump into it, we always... I want to shout all the listeners out. You support us. You've helped us create this amazing community of Chelsea fans, but we want to continue to grow that amazingness. So free ways you can support us. Five-star reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Would really appreciate that. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, there's always a new brand. I apologize. Anyways, go subscribe on YouTube. Really, really appreciate it as we're shooting for 30K subscribers. Well past 28, Uh pushing on. And then lastly, if you need a community, you can talk with day in, day out, Patreon, right? You can head us up. Uh, forward slash London Blue Pod. We've got a Discord group there, alive and well, always doing cool stuff there. Dan even just gave away T-shirts to those people, so uh, there's perks to being in Discord.
0: There is, and those were some leftover. Uh, always team in uh, the only team in London, still the only team in London with European Cup shirts. And I actually found a few uh, Why Not Us shirts that had been hanging around, Uh-oh. and so some people when I ran out of the sizes ended up with a why not a shirt in the mail and as a surprise. So I'm looking forward to seeing when those people receive theirs. Nice. Well, I love to hear that. And then Nick quick reminder uh, about some of the
1: pods from last week.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously as you get towards the end of the window, a lot of the pods become transfer related. So, uh, you know, if you want to go listen to, to those feel free, but CFC central did a special last week, on everything about the formation and, uh, and stuff like that. That is very useful information as you would listen to this pod or any future pods about how Chelsea are playing. So uh, I know that might have been lost in the chaos at the end of the window last week, but go and listen to that one. Uh, Sam does a great job of breaking it down.
1: Yeah, Nat. like we dropped it and then Naz and I recorded an emergency transfer pod and so we dropped on top of that. So yeah, it got chaotic. <laughs> I,
2: I would also say Blue Royalty dropped in the main feed on Friday, a welcome to Chelsea Women's team. Uh if you if you had watched the World Cup and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to start watching the Chelsea Women's team because I like player X, Y or Z, maybe you're a huge fan." No, no, Kerr no, no fan. Nick.
0: Nick, Nick. They're watching it because it's the Chelsea team that wins.
2: Well, I mean also that the vibes are good. So, um if if you want to learn more uh, Jesse and Abdullah and the crew break down uh, everything about why it's important to watch Chelsea women's team and support that team because they're doing incredible work. Do that.
1: All right. Well, let's jump into it. It was Nottingham Forest this past Saturday, the 3rd of 2nd of September. Uh, let's see. Premier League action at the bridge. In case you somehow missed it. Chelsea nil. Nottingham Forest won. That's right. One goal in the 48th minute from Ilanga, Uh Assist Awani. We're gonna turn it over to the only official app of Chelsea to run the highlights back. So if you haven't, download the Chelsea Fifth standout. Nice little UX, little UI remake. It works this time. Take it over to you. We'll be right back. One on one with Warrior,
0: and away from him easily. Nicholas Jackson has broken for Fernandez. Gibbs White got the block in. Macedo able to keep the move along. Jackson Sterling waiting for Chilwell's cross and It's only an excellent intervention from the former Chelsea man on the arena.
2: Defending from McGarrett against Fernandez, not a good clearance
0: though. Gallagher urged to shoot and looking to bend on into the top corner. Well, his breath caught really good effort from Conor Gallagher.
1: Smashed it in towards Worrell, Good header to get it away. Back in from McKenna though,
0: still loose. Alonin Wall rather got him one another's way. And in the end, it's slashed over by the man who's got seven in seven. Man. In from Gallagher. was oh. Looking to score from that kind of position at that end of the ground for the second time this week.
1: And here's Alan Ike, say they gave it away. Good ball back for
0: Anthony Alanga. Alanga puts yeah. Forrest in front. Three minutes after half-time. Anthony Alanga gets his first forest goal. Oh, Sterling's given Morrill the slip. Is Sterling's come back for Jackson, surely?
1: Oh, how on earth has that not gone in? Woodrick, the players over the ball here.
0: Send from Fernandez. Diego Silva's all alone. And Turner, very
2: awkwardly shovels it behind for a corner.
0: Still Elanga. Now he's decided that he's better staying where he is, and that's probably the right decision. He had Kuyate in there with him. Oh, he's coming back for more. Anthony Alanga, he's going to go for goal himself, beaten away, and Kuyate is furious. Palmer's ball in. Colwell challenging. Jackson, nudging it back on McKenna. He's still in! Right the way across the face, and no touch from a Forest man, it's a goal kick.
1: In a couple of weeks to chew on this now over the international break. Final score at
0: Stamford Bridge, Chelsea nil, Nottingham Forest one.
1: All right, Dan, lineup time after that. Quite lacking of energy, lacking of excitement
0: recap. Well, it was Robert Sanchez between the sticks. It was, again, it, it shows it one way, but De Tiago Silva, and Levi Colwell as your back three, not really, with Malagusto, Ben Chilwell as wing backs effectively maybe maybe not yesterday
2: I mean it was like a two two eight two it was unbelievable it was great
0: Moises Caicedo Connor Gallagher and Enzo Fernandez really as your uh, midfield three with Nico Jackson up top and Raheem Sterling on attack as well again the format none of the sites get the way that the formation plays right and so that is the genesis of a lot of the problems that we have when discussing it Cole Palmer got his Chelsea debut and Stanford Bridge debut after signing at the de- at the end of the deadline um, at the 62nd minute with Nani Madaweke also coming on. And then Ian Matson and Mikhailo Mudric both came on in the 77th minute. Uh Petrovich, Bergstrom, Kukurea, Ugo Chukwu, and David Washington were the unused subs.
2: Yeah, we'll obviously get into the into the the actual formation of our total squad later on, but Uh, appears that old uh, General Washington is staying. So, we'll see.
1: Oh, Presidente. Interesting end of the window. Top-line stats, Chelsea with a 2.3 XG to Nottingham Forest, 0.76. We had 76% of the ball possession. We had 21 shots, only two on target. Uh, They had seven shots, three on target. We had 13 blocked and six completely missed the goal. Uh, just for those of you keeping score at home. We had seven corner kicks. Um, We had three cautions to their four. We had three big chances. We missed all three big chances. They had two. They only missed one, obviously getting their second. And uh, that's kind of how it went from there. A little bit more detail. We had 11 shots inside the box versus 10 outside the box. They had four inside, three outside, which just kind of puts you in a little frame of reference of where the opportunities are coming from with only two saves by each goalkeeper a piece. Uh Nick, I don't know about you. Uh there wasn't a lot in this one, but an MPET shit house moment of the match. Uh
2: no, not on uh, a day like today, unfortunately. We we just we can't we can't abide. The dude cannot abide.
1: We have standards, which is good to know. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna take a first ad break when we get back. We are jumping right into the first house. So thank you the sponsors, and we'll be right back. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. One of the things I love about Indeed is that they make hiring all in one place. It's easy because, well, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. When you get one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with a quality candidate, it makes it go faster. And when you're looking to hire, the quicker you get the right person in the role, the better. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Blue Wire Sports. That offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com forward slash Blue Wire Sports. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire Sports and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com forward slash Blue Wire Sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. But before we do, reminder, Blue Royalty is up and running, as Nick said earlier, as well as The the Dispatch, our weekly newsletter, Dan. So we're pushing that really hard, really excited about uh, um, good friend Sam, CFC Central, taking the lead on that.
0: Yeah, he's enjoying it. And hopefully you're enjoying it when you read it as well. So that's a nice thing. And look, he's on a little bit of a European adventure for the next uh, 10 days, probably now at this point. So maybe we'll get some observations and thoughts from his little journey around Ooh. the continent.
2: Maybe we get some food reviews from the road. That would be some <laughs> spectacular stuff. He's He is a foodie. If you've ever met Sam, that dude knows food like anybody else. It was unbelievable. So food reviews, you know Sam.
0: There, it's crazy. There's this WhatsApp group that we have that Sam yeah. is also in, and you could just make the ask right there.
2: Absolutely not. I want to see it in writing, Dan. Commit. Commit, Sam. Do it. Well, let us let's tease that and go back to the match here. Uh, because if we look at the first half. We could just talk about food <laughs> if, if you wanted to. I mean, we don't really have to do this to ourselves, do we?
1: Yeah, we, we signed up for this one. Uh, first half in terms of getting after it, getting, you know, the game started right, uh, bright positives. I mean, Sterling even had a very clear-cut chance in the second minute of the match. Um and and, and we had uh, you know, a very I would say positive start at the bridge, uh, things, the, the atmosphere was good. The weather was good. Everyone was up for it. Uh, we had a bright start, but it, it very quickly changed.
2: I think, um, you know, halfway through it
1: before can we get to into- touch
2: on that. Really you quick, sure can, for just, sure. I, I just think one thing that we have to remember, and it's crazy that I am the person telling people this on Twitter, incredibly young team, despite a pretty okay preseason, a lot of new faces even since preseason ended, right? If that goal goes in first, like it did against Luton, right? The team, we've seen the team grow into the game and blossom. When it doesn't, we've seen them kind of be frustrated, right? And it's almost as if that the team needs to build confidence together as a group, and when your leader in an attack, which Sterling has clearly been throughout the start of the season, misses what I think is a pretty goddamn clear chance to score, I think the team is kind of looking around for answers a little bit. Just, just I'm being, This is me being honest about like the situation. And, and I think this is why, Brandon, we, we struggled a little bit. Because just imagine if that goes in the amount of other chances that were created throughout the game, or even in the first half, as you'll go through the numbers, I think we win this game three or four. No, but when, when you still have some of those players who remember the, the bad parts of last year where we didn't score, we would never score at like the bridge got nervous too. the atmosphere kind of dipped a little bit. Like that's, I think what happened here and it sucks that it's that way because You know, Liverpool can go score whenever they want, right? They scored the two goals with 10 men last week, and they have that belief. But they've done it for years. Like This team hasn't done it yet. They haven't proven it to themselves. I think that's why we're going to talk about some of those frustrating parts here. Six of
0: the players on the pitch were actually not present in Chelsea's configuration last season. So I don't know if they would have felt the
2: same. I think the weight of expectations is on everyone right now, Dan. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I'll back off.
1: Well, I i mean, everyone knows that after last season, there needs to be a 180-degree change uh, off of that. Um, the first half produced a lot uh, outside of goals, right? So 1.12 XG from the first half. Uh, we had 69% of possession. We had 11 shots, only one on target, three off target, and seven block shots. stand. This is kind of the the summation, right? On the other side, we are limiting our opponents pretty well. They had a .24 XG for Forrest right? They only had 31% of the ball. They had three shots, none on target. All three were off target. None were blocked. Like It, it seemed like things are going well. But to, to Nick's point, we know that pressure does build on these young players. We're still waiting for certain things to take grasp and kind of get our firm footing. And the break just did not come in the first half, albeit from all the data points to suggest you could have gotten something. We only had 9% of our shots on goal, which isn't ideal.
0: Well, I think the thing that I would say is there's two things that can be true at at the same time. One is that Chelsea were getting an opportunity to attack and had the majority of the ball and we're turning possession into shots, the shots were just not high quality shots. I mean, the other thing is actually that Nottingham Forest, unlike the match against United, were super diligent in their defending and the fact that they were throwing themselves in front of any ball that was coming into the box, any of these shots, uh keeping it really, really tight channels, made it super difficult. And the intricate type of play that maybe we would have preferred was not going to come off in this scenario. And so that to me is like I think there's a credit to Nottingham Forest for coming in and actually playing a compact game and forcing Chelsea into a situation where we knew we we're gonna be uncomfortable because it's the same thing that Chelsea's attackers last season were uncomfortable with, which is how do you break down a defense that is making it more challenging? And to their credit, they were getting more shots and they were taking more shots, which is what we've been asking for. The maturation now is gonna be how do they turn those shots into shots on target and then you know, high quality shots on target that then turn into goals.
2: Well, and I, I saw a lot of comments on Twitter yesterday too, right? Nottingham Forest has signed, I think, 13 more players than Chelsea in the two similar windows. Um, and so there are people like, well, why, why are they gelled and we aren't gelled? It's like, I mean, because the teams are different and they're being asked to do two different things. Yeah. In every single match, Chelsea's asked to be a protagonist, right? Nottingham Forest is asked to be an antagonist. They're, they're asked to basically do exactly what they did yesterday, which, by the way, is still playing football, like I, Chelsea have won plenty of matches throughout the years. Just setting up defensively, hitting on the counter right? That it's it's not a bad way to play football, but Chelsea are asked to do more uh, than than that, right? We're asked to play good football. We're asked to entertain, uh, thrilling since nineteen oh five hashtag, um, and it just it's a it's a whole different vibe. It's what makes football fun that there are teams with two different styles out there doing two different things. Is it frustrating? Yes. 100%. Um and and will Chelsea at some point be the antagonist in a match? Yeah. Uh, but that is that is why it's it's much easier to gel when you're asked to sit low and spring on a counterattack than it is to play intricate uh stuff. That's it.
1: Yeah, the 30% for Forest is totally acceptable, right? Like th- those are the types of things that they're going to be okay with. Like They were thrilled with that. Yeah. The they're they're you know, going into this match, Chelsea, we're at home, we have to be on the front foot. We have to to be the aggressor, to use a different terminology, same idea. And that is a lot different versus soaking up the pressure, kind of like take choosing when you want to go for things, whereas Chelsea are constantly stretching ourselves to make something happen. Um, and that that is the big difference here, no doubt about it. And I think I told it to you at the pub. I was like, look, the longer this game goes nil nil. Forrest are going to be growing and Chelsea are going to be shrinking because yep. it's going force way. It's not going Chelsea's way. And we saw that happen, um, which was, uh, you know, I think right towards the end of the half, it even got to be a little bit nervy. The refereeing was shocking throughout all this, which we'll, you know, shelf that for later. Uh, but it was hard to get in a rhythm and get going just with all the things that were going on. But that's no excuse. This is the Premier League. You need to figure it out. It is uh, the challenge
2: ahead of us. Yeah, and and t- to that point, the shithousery that they played, right? The ugly tackles that weren't getting like the more the referee let some of that stuff go, the more it played into their hands. Right. Because it was like, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the way that Pep Guardiola tactically fouls. And if those first couple tactical fouls don't get cards, the amount of tactical fouls that come after that, it's like the floodgates open. That's exactly what happened yesterday. When, When we got carded first, after they had had four or five fouls in a row that didn't get carded, I think Steve Cooper's eyes lit up and was like, all right, boys, let's, ride, let's go. It's going to be a day, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. And so, and like, honestly, credit to them. Like, they did a great job of of reading the room, essentially. And, and you know, again, they frustrated the hell out of us. Yeah.
1: Um, the other thing to talk about has to be the lineup, Dan. Uh, it's a back four. Tiago Silva said it. I've been saying this. I thought we we're all on the same page that Levi Colwell has undoubtedly been playing laugh back even though he doesn't go forward at all. Um, Correct. We maybe thought it was a back three at the beginning. It it, it surely is not. Like, Malagusto's right back. DiCesi's right center back. Thiago Silva's left center back. And Levi Colwell is left back. I mean, I've been having conversations with people on Twitter all week about this and how... Levi Colwell is hamstringing Tiago Silva, uh, Ben Chilwell, even the midfield a little bit because it's not his best position. But now we're back and there's still some confusion on if it was a back three or a back four. Tiago go into the comments section to admit it to, to I'm, I'm, solidify. It, you know,
0: I, I don't know. I'm I'm impressed, but also like there there probably are better uses of your time. But hey, you know what? Like very cool way to interact with the fans in the year 2023 to be able to jump onto a post and say I'll take it on the chin. I'll we should be doing better. Like that's a very cool thing. So yeah. kudos to that. It, this is where I think the main crux of the issue is: is that I think people are waking up to the idea that it is not a back three, that it is a back four. that Levi Colwell's is playing a left back. That Malagus is playing a right back, and then you've got two center backs and Silva and D'Souza. I think the challenge now is are we able to get to a point where we are not playing Ben Chilwell as the left wing? Are we putting Levi Colwell back into a center back position? So Ben Chilwell comes back into the left back role. It's a partnership between Levi Colwell plus another individual. Like, and this is, I think, more an indictment to me on the options in attack at the moment than it is about what we have in defense. I think we actually feel like we... I don't know, it feels like at times we're bloated from a defensive standpoint, and we're really struggling to pick the best attackers in the front. And, I mean, if you even look at just the, you know, how we were playing, the opportunities we created in the, the first half, and I think the the XG numbers lie a little bit here, and the fact that there was an amazing chance that Jackson has in the second half that really skews the the numbers yeah. in the second half. But we were a much better attacking unit in the first half. and. Oh, great. To me, it's more like, how is Mudrick, how is Matawake? And we know that you know Mudrick just came back from an injury. Matawake just got first minutes with the team in the midweek. And so, like, they are clearly not where they need to be yet. Palmer just came in. So, like, it's just made it by de facto that, like, Chilwell is the guy up front. And whether you like that or dislike it, it's just a matter of where the squad is today and the squad not being fully healthy and pochettino thinking that that's going to give him the best option it's not perfect it's not great it's not producing the best football but like that's the short-term solution nick
2: yeah i mean i think we we, we can talk a lot about the formation and what's limiting and stuff like that i mean i i think you, you could be forgiven against liverpool because we did drop into a back three defensively at times to think that this was a back three but ever since then it's it's not been right um and You have a bunch of problems, largely brought on by the fact that Nkunku was hurt. I mean, if you watch preseason at all, this team was supposed to run through him, right? He was the guy with the quick turn passing. He was the guy with the dribble and go. He was the guy who was able to free up other players to have some space and time to think on the ball because he was so quick uh, in thought that is clearly the adaptation has clearly not led to the sort of goal production in the first four games of the season that we are had had hoped for, right. With some of these new attacking players. And so you leave every game feeling very frustrated um, that, you know, you're only able to get, you know, take looting out of it. You're only able to get one goal game if you're lucky. Um, and so, yeah, is it ideal to have Ben Chilwell play left wing? No. Because he's not Marcus Alonso, right? That that isn't his only strength is attacking. Uh he's a he's a pretty goddamn good left back, right? Is it the right place for Levi to be? Probably not, right? Is the right place for uh Tiago Selva to be? Isolated against who who is a big strong lad? No. Uh is De Sassi... Uh, The second coming of Carvalho? No, not right now, right? Like, Malagusto's being asked to do a hell of a lot down that right. Sterling's being asked to be the primary outlet up top. Nico Jackson doesn't quite have an idea of where anyone else is going to be at this point, and thus the service into him and his touches are are relatively low compared to where they were in the preseason. So I I look at all of this as a problem and and basically a forced adaptation because – the guy that we thought was going to be the guy this season is not available right now. And it's forced everyone else to try and adapt. And outside of the one game, they haven't done a great job offensively. That's that's kind of how I read the room, Brandon,
1: which is pretty much how the second half went uh, as we kind of wrap up this part of it. Uh, We we continue to pile on the shots. I would say the longer we went, we did make some early subs, which is good. But the the more disconnected it all came. Right. The second half was was far less. um, It was panicked. Exactly. they,
2: They put the pressure on themselves and it just didn't work out.
1: Yeah, giving up that goal three minutes after halftime, unacceptable, just ruins everything that you probably had just talked about in the halftime talk, and, and the plan blew up. Um, we still got another you know 1.18 XG, to Dan's point, that largely, I think, what was it, 0.74 came from Nico Jackson's lunch. It got
0: graded down to, like, a 0.4, effectively. So, Either mean, way. The majority of it, the majority of, like, the one individual shot representing you know, 40% or so, or, you know, 30 some odd percent is, I mean, that that is a big chance. When you talk about definitions of big chances, that is a big or biggest chance that Chelsea had.
1: You think uh, 69% possessions a lot. We had 83% in the second half and Forrest got their goal. They didn't need the ball anymore. Uh, We had 10 shots, only one on target again, three off target, six block shots. Just means you cannot get the ball out of our feet fast enough. Yet in the second half, Forrest had four shots, three on target. They were absolutely clinical when they did hit on the break uh, going ahead. So that's kind of how it it, it shook. Uh, Defense struggled today. Um, I think holistically, the midfield interesting. There's a lot of conversation about that. Really didn't produce what we needed them to on the day, which is keeping things really interesting from a debate side. But anything else you guys want to touch on just real quick on first half, second half, as far as where it was? I mean, I think we all felt the frustration minute by minute grow until we got to the, the stoppage time at the end of the second half. You're like, maybe, maybe we can pull something out of our hat. But like we had all resigned that it wasn't going to happen today.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, that goal I think what made everyone so frustrated about the goal we gave up, it is the most simple goal that you can possibly score, right? Three passes, one from midfield up top, and then two in. And then it was an easy goal to give up. Again, I people were talking about Sanchez being a problem in this game. He faced three total shots. I mean, there wasn't much that they offered. Um, they they were good in the in the counterattack of the second half, you know, and, and holding the ball up and stuff because Iwani is – He's a real player, man. I, I really enjoy watching him, except yeah. against us when he uh, causes us pr- uh, trouble. But they were all over us, and uh, they they countered uh, at critical times. We lost the ball a lot in dangerous times, or dangerous moments, I should say. Mudrick ugh, almost gave up two goals from giveaways himself. So, yeah, it was just a disaster, Dan. It was not a good second half.
0: I mean, this is the one that if things were going better or we had had better league performances so far, we would write it off. And I think that changes the context of... Where people are at. We were talking about how it was going to feel like it was a long international break. And right now it's going to feel like a really good long international break because we need time for this squad to continue to get fit, get healthy and allow Pochettino and them to the ones that don't have to go international duty to get an opportunity to really set up for this next run of winnable games in the Premier League. All right, well, we're going to wrap
1: there, hit our ad break, and we get back. I want to figure out where we're at on the panic meter. I mean, it's never too soon, right? Never too soon to hit the panic button. So thank you to the sponsors,
2: and we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce NordVPN. If you're bored of U.S. streaming services, why not take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and at the click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you know, like the name of the podcast, to get a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. Threat protection, they've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll send you a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened, just like Chelsea's 2022-2023 season. Check out my link at nordvpn.com forward slash londonisblue to get your subscription started today. nordvpn.com forward slash londonisblue.
1: All right, panic meter time. I think a lot of people are freaking out on social media a little bit. I think some of the conversations in the pubs are a little bit escalated. And uh, I think we should just jump into that a little bit because um, there might be some answers, Dan. I think that's what we've been kind of digging around a little bit. I've got uh, a bit of a speech prepared. Nick kind of alluded to it earlier, but I want to let you navigate this.
0: Four scores seven years ago. You see it. <laughs> Four results and zero goals ago. <laughs> look, we... So I, I put Keir's... Uh, you know, you remember Keir who is who joined us for the podcast that we did, the episode we did on Petrovic coming into Chelsea. His three-word match review was performance was fine. And I think if you take it in isolation and you look at yeah. some of the numbers about where the trend line of Chelsea is going... This season to last season, same amount of times, that he brought up two main points. One, the attack is a lot better, and that in general, the attack has a lot of really good things going in its direction outside of the goals, and that the defense is actually as good as it was last season with a completely like retooled type of grouping. And even considering the fact that some of our first choice players are not in their own their right position or maybe not even available and so i think that's the framing is that the doom and gloom feels bad on the day and bad on the results but the underlying progress is not necessarily something that you can just walk by and say like hey with a young squad who's in the premier league Who's coming together and working to become a side, some of them not arriving until very late in the window or being deputized due to injury, that like we're making progress. It's just it doesn't feel good to have to watch the progress when you're playing and real points are on the line.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm right there. I'm putting the panic button in the pantry up on the top shelf and leaving it there for a while. I, I don't I don't see the need to freak out at this point. Uh, you know, some of the stats that you mentioned earlier. Our league rank in box touches is second compared to seventh last year. Uh, our final third touches is ranked first in the league uh, compared to fifth last year. Carries into the box, third. Passes in the box, second. Progressive passes, second. Progressive carries, third. Shots, third, right? XG per shot. We got to fix that. That's, right? like that's, that, that's the that's,
1: one that you circle and say, this is the yeah. problem. We haven't been able to get good shots out of all of this progression and movement.
2: The the lowest that we are defensively is fourth in the league for XGA shot, right? So, like, this is, this is a, a thing that I hate being fucking right about this stuff, but, like, I thought we were going to struggle at this point in the year. This team is basically all new. Right. There are a couple of holdovers from last year. Squad has been completely ripped up. Right. Um, they, I don't even know if they have all the nameplates on the lockers yet. Sorted. like it's uh, th- there's a lot to do. This this international break couldn't have come at a better time. Like even if we would have won yesterday, the international break couldn't have come at a better time. Potch needs time with these guys. Every person that has ever talked to Poch says it takes him a little bit to get a squad together, to get them believing in each other, to get them to gel in the way that he wants them to gel. Four games is not a realistic timeline for that to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're frustrated. I know it's frustrating to, to watch us not score again, but I think a lot of people have a lot of trauma built up after last year that they're looking to release. And these first four matches, I haven't exactly done it for you, right? No, no amount of sponsorless kits you order in the mail is gonna necessarily overcome that um and so well, I would just I know we preached patience for a lot of the season last year and it turned out that that was stupid because nothing ever really got better and we all felt terrible at the end you gotta give these guys more than four games is is all I'm saying like you 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 have to to lower the the expectation a little bit for the first couple months of this season we're missing potentially our best attacking player right now we have a lot of other young guys who have yet to prove themselves in any sort of like real stretch of games for chelsea just let potch do his thing right and if at the end of the year he hasn't done his thing or by midway through the season brandon he hasn't done his thing fair enough to judge fair enough to bring the panic button out of the out of the pantry and put it on the table and start hitting it as hard as you want but like i don't think this is a fair sample size is all i'm saying
1: My big thinking here is that Chelsea have suffered two serious injury blows that most teams would not survive, let alone a team under a massive rebuild like Chelsea. Everything we did in preseason that looked good, right or wrong, a lot of it hinged on Nkunku. I would also, so so that's just like one expectation is that the injuries to Nkunku and Carney Chucklemecca. Most teams, bar probably City, survive that. And I've kind of got all the teams pulled up with who are their most creative um, players on the pitch, shot-creating action-wise. If Arsenal lose Bukaya Saka and Martin Odegaard, they fall off. If United lose Fernandez and Anthony or Rashford, they fall off, right? Man City is the one-off. If they lose Foden, Rodri... They're going to struggle, but they still have Julian Alvarez, Kovacic, Walker, Silva, Grealish, Holland. Like, <laughs> They're the outlier in this situation. And I would say it's pretty obvious that we're not comparing ourselves there. Newcastle, if they lose Kieran Tripper and Joel Linton, they got nothing. They drop off a cliff in terms of shot-creating actions. Tottenham, James Madison, and Son gone. That team does not have... An identity anymore and then lastly Brighton which we probably are comparing ourselves to for understandable reasons you lose Pascal Gross and Mitoma Mitoma like again this that those teams struggle so i think my biggest thing is losing those two players when all of it was built around that that pin that hinge between defense to attack and that threat goes away that's kind of my big rant on this is the injuries no other team survives that someone said uh, that just means we're not good enough. I would disagree, right? When we lose Reese James and Ben Shellwell, we're worse. It's because our best players aren't in their best positions performing. That's where we're at right now. turns out we only had two of the three. Cole Palmer, I think, is was a quick pivot to him as a target, Dan, late in the window to try to fill yeah. that because I think he can play a 7-11 and a 10. But to me, this is the big sticking point why... Um, Chelsea are struggling in that exact thing, not getting the XG, not getting the shot we want off. It's it's we don't have that creative person pulling the strings like we did in preseason.
0: Yeah. I mean that that is a defendable thesis. You know, you you've come in with your thesis, you put it in to defense against the committee, and the committee has accepted the presentation that you've just provided. I I, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, like I, I guess that's why. I feel more comfortable that like this is a solvable problem and not necessarily where the doom and gloom or the panic comes in or the quick knee jerk reaction nick to the ultimate like th- this is a done season you know people saying potch out like this is to the point you made at the really beginning glad of the season finish that sentence. <laughs> frustrating but fun <laughs> we are very much on the frustrating side of the scale and it is going to take us a bit to get to the fun side of it and living on the fun side there were fun moments there have been fun moments so far but it's just oscillating there quickly and snapping back to the frustrating because it's still a growth period and it's still dealing through and working through this injury again another injury crisis
2: yeah i mean it's also just there are there are tangibles right and getting injured you feel that right he's not out there there are intangibles too Right. When a team really is believing in itself, we've seen some great Chelsea teams believe in themselves, right? That overcome that shitty goal that we gave up in the in the beginning of the second half and score three and like look our opponents dead in the eyes and go, fuck you, we're better than you. We're gonna score three on you now. Like this team just doesn't have that yet. Right. And those are it's it's the leadership, right? It's a really young team, minus Tiago Silva it's you know if Enzo doesn't play his best which I you know disagree with the with the charts yesterday that he was our best player I think that is patently false if you, if you watch the game if, if you're if your best doesn't come out if you miss that Nico Jackson chance at the end you miss that Sterling chance in the, in the first half like it's just going to take time to develop that I, I don't I don't know what else to to say about it. it. It just it's not God given that you spend this amount of money and belief is the is the side of fries that you get with that. It just doesn't work that way. So uh, I I hope that this you know and I, I expect because Poncha's is a serious guy. Like he's going to be working his ass off over this international break to figure out how to get Ben Chilwell back at left back and have any sort of normalized attack from the left, right. It's clear that Mudrick is not ready to start uh, in matches for obvious reasons so how do you do that when you have injuries right maybe it's Cole Palmer we'll see I don't know right how do you get someone like Noni in the game who's clearly a dynamic attacker who's had a couple of good outings right how do you get Nico Jackson the ball where he can score right all these things are questions my hope is that you know we start to see a normalized formation with normalized personnel soon enough and see where it goes well, another part
1: of it, which was definitely the, the second part of kind of what I was thinking, Dan, is the the squad settling. We had a good time in the U.S., uh, Vibes FC, people were settling, and then we came back and the transfer window really started to kick on. We had movement well into the late end of the final day of the window. There was a lot of proposed movements, a lot of players being forced or choosing to weigh options right up until the deadline, right? Trevor Chaliba, uh Connor Gallagher, obviously being talked about, Ian Matson. Yep. Um, and then all the the plethora of loan deals, Lukaku finally getting done. Um, we saw, wasn't it Morera who went out at the final to hour? To yeah. Leon on loan. And we know that we only had seven loan spots. So you're waiting to see who was going to fill that, and he had to wait... Um, you know, to the end, Andre Santos going to nine and forest. It was busy. It was hectic. And I'm sure guys were coming in and out of training. And it had to be massively disruption, like a big disruption for Poch and the team. But it's the side of business that has to happen. So I do think that, you know, the last week uh, leading up to this match probably wasn't ideal. And we had Wimbledon midweek, which didn't go great either. So, yeah, I, you know, there's there's some settling that needs to be done now that the window is closed.
0: Well, I I enjoy a good Excel spreadsheet. No surprise. I know that's a shocker to everybody here Nerd. listening. I mean, <laughs> but,
1: I'm just glad it wasn't a Numbers.
0: Yeah. Oh God. No. 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 Come on. Come on. Let's be real. You're you, you, you gonna do a macro and a Numbers <laughs> sheet? Come on. That's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, anyway, uh, Stuffstab says put together a really nice Excel snapshot of just the squad movement and colorized it and we've retweeted this so it's out there in the universe um apologies if people have aggroed on that uh that may or may not have happened sorry um ultimately when you look at just the first team like squad additions right so like two of the four people in the goalkeeper rank brand new to the side Three new within defense, you have four new within the midfield, you have three new in attack. And then you look at this massive departures list. When you look at like who's left, so Mendy Kulabali, Asbukweta, Loftus Cheek, Zakaria, Conte, Kovacic, Mount, Abamayang, Pulisic, Havertz, Felix, uh, ziesh on a loan to leave, Lewis Hall on a loan to leave, Keppa on a loan to most hopefully leave, David Doctor Hafana on loan, probably not a permanent departure, but he played for us last season. And then you look at all the loans that we've orchestrated and some of the permanent like player sales or departures too. You know, and Ampadu, uh, Barakman, Hudson. Sidodoy, Bakayoko, like the, the, the size of squad rebuild, I think gets a little praise at the end of the transfer window. Now that we're wrapped, I think we still have some problems to resolve because there are probably two or three additional players beyond maybe what Pochettino feels like he needs at the moment. And whether or not you would say that they're in defense, because, you know, we know that Trev Chalba, Chelsea had agreed to a 25 million pound sale to Nottingham Forest, funny enough, before the window, Trev didn't want to go. The deal, to Bayern Munich fell apart because they wanted a loan and not a purchase. We knew that Kukurea was potentially going to go out, which have left the door open for Matson to stay permanently and to extend his contract. Now we're in a situation where what's going to happen with his contract? He's still yep. getting into the game, though, before Kukurea, which helps to underline like where he sits in the pecking order. There's still a lot to do with this side. There's still some players we haven't seen this season, like Armando Broya, who may be, you know, the individual to help support in the striking situation because Nico Jackson can't do it all by himself and shouldn't be doing it all by himself in a first season in the Premier League. Um, so when you have to put David Washington on the bench fresh from Brazil, that is probably not the ideal situation. And so, like, some of these areas, Nick, look really good. Fixed problems, right? Defense looks good. Goalkeeping looks fine. Midfield, massive upgrade and overhaul. The, the attack looks better once you say and Kunku comes back from injury. But I think that's still going to be the point people circle and be like, that's the area to go address in January after looking at all this change.
2: Yeah. I mean, Matt said it, right? Average age of the signings, Matt Law. We call him Matt because we're friends. It's pretty cool. Um, 20.5. Average age of the signings, right? Average age of the squad with a 39-year-old Tiago Silva is 22 and a half. We are an under-23 team, effectively. That is what we are, right? All of our best players basically at that age or below. Money spent, 448.5 million pounds. Money raised, 295 million pounds. It was a big summer for sales, as Dan said, right? And so you look at all that and all of the change that's come in, I think you could be forgiven if you're like, the one area that I'm not a 1,000% convinced of is, is our strike force, right? And we'll see. If if Nkunku makes Brandon's uh, preseason prediction of <laughs> most goals come true, then that will have been sorted, although it won't have been sorted until January, February, um, which is a problem for us, obviously. So I, it's I think it's the, one area. Good
1: right now. <laughs> the <laughs> one area that
2: I that I think I think you could look at and go, yeah, not so sure. Completely rebuilt the midfield. The defense was already in a pretty decent place, as we talked about earlier, from a numbers perspective. Goalkeeping situation is what it is. Uh, but still, Robert Sanchez hasn't made a horrific error that's led to a goal, uh, unlike another keeper that's in Madrid right now. So I, I think that's kind of where we are it's been a ton of turnover. We need time. We're not going to get time because we're Chelsea. Everybody dog piles on us, which makes us feel shitty every time we lose or don't get a great result. And that's just what we're going to have to get used to. Just block it out. Who fucking cares?
1: So, uh, part of that as well. One I actually was on sofa score. Cause that's Dan's, uh, stats of choice. Just a minor one. Uh, Goals prevented. Sanchez was negative point zero five, which is essentially negligible. I was surprised that Matt Turner was 0.17. I think he was man of the match on a lot of sites actually for keeping the clean sheet. And he had, you know, only two saves, but you know, good for him. Uh rah-rah, USA, USA. But the other thing to talk about with like this team settling, and I, I I talked about this, I think with you guys too, is the crossing. We had 30. Eight crosses, I believe. Let me let me triple check this real quick. Passing crosses. 38. We only connected on five of them. The one thing you talk about the team settling and getting on the same page, our attackers got to the end line, right? But where was Nico Jackson? Where was the midfielders? Where was the backside uh, support in the sense? I think that is one thing that is missing. We're getting to the end line. We're getting really dangerous balls across the box but we don't know where each other's going to be. And that comes with this team getting bedded in, understanding each other, the runs, finding the space. I think that was a huge frustration for me watching the match yesterday, constantly getting into the end line, cutting it back, crossing it. And we were just never there way too many times and went to a Nottingham Forest player unmarked. And they even struggled to clear the ball out of their own box too. We had many second chances and things, but if we would have been there from the beginning, it's just a completely different game. So I would put that in kind of the, the pros column is that we're creating these dangerous situations. We just, we're not, as you can see,
2: we are not connecting the link just missed. I, I mean, it's also like, we know Nico Jackson is not a header of the ball. <laughs> it's a well-documented thing. That yeah. He's not a header of the ball. We have to figure out a way to get the ball to his feet in a place for him to score. Of course he missed a couple this season. We understand that, but like, it's a it's so silly it was i remember last season was like when we had our shortest lineup in is when we started to cross the ball into the box and it's like oh yeah what are we doing here guys great strategy so yeah i'm I'm right there with you i think that's a very solvable problem
1: all right last point just the injuries dan um you have it in here right um they, they are stacking up early thankfully not a lot of them are long term but uh, I think everyone will look at our, our players that we have out and the players we have in and say, this is definitely not our strongest lineup. And that post international break, we should come back with a bit of a new look squad.
0: Well, if you can get Broya rotated in in the first couple matches, Badia Shield coming in, I think gives Pochettino some interesting questions about the center or the central back pairing. Does he maybe make a switch off of Thiago Silva to a uh, Colwell and Badia Shield with? Ben coming back into the like true left-back role with Malagusta on the right. We know that James is likely, Rhys James is back in four to six weeks along with Chalaba and Chukwameka. You could imagine Carnes goes into that 10 position or Palmer might claim it in the interim. Like that could be something that happens as well. I mean, Lavia also still hasn't had a chance to play. You figure he's maybe more rotational in uh, because you do have Ugo Chukwu who could come in and be a part of that midfield rotation if needed to keep some of the players fresh. But again, we're only playing one game a week. There's not a lot of games for Chelsea in September. And so it's that's the the only good thing with not having Champions League football is with this side that is injured, being built, that is uh that we have time now to try to get this right. And we will know by the end of September and the beginning of October, like are we on track to be the side that we think we're going to be by the end of the season, or are we behind track? Like, if the numbers stay the same and we start adding some goals on top of it, I think everybody's going to feel really, really good about it. We notch a couple of wins. We, we get maybe some good draws against really, really great teams. We you know, stop the losses. Like, the, I think that would be the next step of progression for this team, particularly as a few of these players come back into the side healthy.
1: So I would just, real quick, want to touch on... Cole Palmer before we wrap here just to get quick, like instant tap checks. Uh, He came on, played 28 minutes. um, He had 46 touches, one key pass. He um, was three for four on dribbles attempted. I think we all saw that he's really comfortable with the ball at his feet. Uh, he, he loves to bait backwards to his right and then just spin and go back to his left, which was on all the highlight tapes, but we got to see it live in person. He did lose possession 11 times. I would say that probably a lot of that is due to the nerviness at the end of the match while we're chasing the game. And then his ground duels, he only won three of eight, but again, no one's buying him for those skill sets. The fact that he was able to, I think, uh, be super agile, Nick, his ability to change direction is a bit of a tall, lanky guy is impressive. He has that burst to create separation. Um, He seemed to have confidence and like jumped right in was like, let's go. Those I think are the overwhelming bright spots uh, out of his very brief cameo. Yeah,
2: nothing to complain about. Um, He should have had an assist to Raheem Sterling who could not put the ball on frame from a tight angle um which would have i think completely changed the narrative of yesterday um and was asked to come into a shit situation and i think performed admirably given the pressure and the and the vibe that was in the stadium he is part of the solution but i would not say the whole solution to what chelsea are looking for from an attacking perspective and we'll have to see where he's rated in in terms of where uh you know, he plays maybe ahead of Mudrick, maybe in, in the number 10 slot ahead of Connor or something like that. I We we won't know for a while on this kid, right? And I will stress that he is a kid. Mudrick is a kid. Noni is a kid. Like, they are all 21 years old. And, you know, it's part of the reason why my panic button's up in the pantry right now. They're 21 years old. You know? So, just, I'm not telling you what to do. Dear listener, but th- that is what I am going to do is I'm going to trust that, you know, 28 minutes of a cameo in a high pressure situation and playing relatively well is is maybe not going to determine the entire future of one player. And so, you know, some decent stuff from him, I would assume there's going to be even more.
1: Uh, Dan, any comment on. The club saying they refuse to sign anyone over the age of 25, knowing that the average age squad is, squad is 22.5. Obviously, the big one, which is easy to talk about, is James Madison because he's doing so well. At Spurs right now, Potch said he liked him, but um, were you kind of surprised there was a hard cutoff and that they only looked for youth? I mean, there's not. I mean, Chilwell. Is like a vet, Sterling is a vet. Um, your chart is fantastic, kind of laying all these things out, right? But it's like Sterling's 28, um, Chilwell is I mean, 26. D- is 25,
0: let's just you know, right,
1: Cucurella's can we, can 25, de we... 25, and then you got grandpa Silva who's 38, like besides Bettinelli, who's 31. Literally, this is a 25 and under squad, which is impressive, but I don't know, is it? Weird to have such a hard cut off and like ignore good young quote unquote options.
0: Well, it's going to make things really difficult if the rumors about Chelsea going in for Ivan Tony in January are actually true, because he's twenty seven, so he's above the the Logan's Run cut uh, cutoff age. There, he would be put onto the the uh, the trains out of the city. Um, Like, th- like unfortunately, like it's a weird thing. I mean, I guess if it's a strategy, like the strategy has not come good yet. And so that's why there would be a lot of questions now in a year's time or two years time. Are we saying differently? Like, wow, I can't believe we've got all these great players who've got five years left on a deal. And that's going to put them to when they're, when they are 27, 28. And like the, they will be going for a hundred million pounds or 150 million pounds. Like that's the bet. The bet is not necessarily one that is a short-term bet. And so it sucks in the moment, it potentially has long-term value, but like maybe you make an exception. I think the question would be is that I think that they thought they made exceptions previously last summer for someone like a or others, and it didn't go well for them. And so maybe the the thought is we're just going to go like, we're going to flip back on this because this did not work for us. So let's, let's embrace our strategy and go, you know, just head first into it and see what happens.
2: I, I think the age is more about the culture that we're trying to build or rebuild than Mm. it is about anything else, because a lot of these guys are impressionable young guys. And with a strong leader like Pochettino and some strong veteran presence in the team, you can, I think, more easily mold them into the players that you want them to be than a 35 year old striker who gets goals a game. Now I want to see goals. Right, so that that shaping and molding has to happen relatively quickly at a club like Chelsea. You don't get four or five seasons to become the player that you thought you were gonna. We thought you were gonna be. Uh, but I, I would bet dollars to donuts that that is the the primary reason for for the youth revolution, uh, although not the youth revolution that Phil necessarily wants to see.
1: Viva la revolution, Nick.
2: We will see. Excellent uh, French, Brandon. Just a stunning. I think it was Spanish. I
1: mean, I'm really hoping it was Spanish (laughs) because Viva? Viva Vivir. All right. No date of the match, though, this time, because uh, as Dan once said, them's the rules, and Nick got mad because he said it first. So, (laughs) table. The table, as it stands, it's a bit goofy. It's still early on. There's still a few matches to be played, Dan, but um, it's not where we wanted to be. I think Ollie Glanville jinxed this by showing how high we could jump up in the table with three points. We got a little aggressive, and we're currently in 12th. But uh, I don't know. Not, not where mean, we wanted j- to be. Just it. as
0: everybody predicted City, Tottenham, Liverpool, and West Ham is your top four with Brighton in the five spot. I mean, West it's Ham. really just. West Ham is the big shocker to me, but. I Sold rice. <laughs> Tottenham is a
2: big shocker to me. I I genuinely did not see this coming from them.
0: The 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 human song, number nine, false nine revolution has begun with the, with Big Ange, and they're they're getting it done. Unfortunately, Brighton with Ferguson, like the amount of Chelsea can't buy a goal, but there were multiple players with hat tricks over the weekend. Is the unfortunate narrative that exists throughout all of this, I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, I mean Everton have a single point, Luton have zero points and Burnley uh, also on zero points, struggling so uh, I, mean, I think that's maybe more expected amongst this than you yeah. know what happ- has happened at the top, which other than you know city, like you could have said anybody was going to be in the top and probably been probably been fine you know, with the projection you made.
2: Like, Newcastle have three points out of four games. They're worse than we are.
0: Yeah. Are they in crisis?
2: Oh. Oh, not not like Chelsea, though, Dan. Just remember, because they've done it the right... I legitimately saw a pundit go, Newcastle have done it the right way.
1: Unbelievable. <sighs> what the
2: fuck? Are you joking me? You muppet. Ugh. Anyway, carry on. I, I uh, Everton, Everton really suck they're going to they're going to be down this year
1: so far it's just us and villa who have not scored on the weekend so that's how that's going for us um but you know we we, we kind of covered all that so that, that's frustrating um some of the other results from around the league uh friday was luton and west ham west ham getting the three points there sheffield lucky Manhattan. lucky three <laughs> yeah. points Two-two uh, draw there. Brentford, Bournemouth, two-two draw there. Burnley, Tottenham, uh, two to five. So Tottenham splashing a little bit there. Uh, Man City five, Fulham one, Brighton three, Newcastle one. That's probably the big result as it stands on the weekend. Uh, Crystal Palace three, Wolves two, Liverpool three, Villa nil. Villa. Really are not the team they were last season. Big regression at this point is the way it looks as it currently stands. Arsenal won, United one, So uh, looks like probably going to be points shared, but expect plenty of drama in that one as it shakes out. Um, we're in a an interesting spot, guys. Um, if you look at Chelsea's fixtures, got a bit of a break, right? So not playing until the 17th. International break upon us. I'm bored. Two full weeks off. So I don't think there's any players that are getting called up that are on the verge of you know injury or not being healthy. So I guess that's the silver lining, Dan. Sure. Conte that's can't get lesson. called in the French team anymore. <laughs>
2: what a blessing. <laughs> now we have to worry about Nkunku, obviously, with that. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I think to round this one off, two weeks, right? Two weeks is a good thing for this team. Right. It's a good thing for us as fans. Um, I trust that Potch will have a game plan for how to best utilize these two weeks with the new players that have come in. I would imagine that there would be a lot of team building sorts of activities with those who are in the squad, with those who are injured to keep them a part of the squad, all that sort of stuff. I'd imagine there's going to be a ton of, of, you know to use a word that we all use in our professional lives, a lot of workflow talk. How do we get the ball matriculating up the field in the right way? Um, and and look, I I just I would hope that you're not so you the listener are not so frustrated by what was an incredibly frustrating game that we're losing the forest to the trees a little bit. That that's it. And ah, I I am on. ah see what I did there. Uh, I am uh, I'm not the most optimistic person on this show. Uh, if you've listened for more than one episode, you'll probably know that. But I think the the overwhelming sense I have is that there's still a lot of fun to have this year. And I trust this team will do it.
0: Get right before Arsenal on October 21st. You have a slate of games, Bournemouth, Villa, Brighton in the League Cup that you yep. absolutely want to do some business against on the pitch because, boy, oh, boy, we just cannot take any type of Brighton narrative this season. Another team that is... The, the narrative around is overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Fulham, Burnley, and then you get to Arsenal at the very kind of tail end of October yep. here. So you've got time to get it right. And it, cause that run then goes Brentford, Tottenham, City, Newcastle, Brighton, United. Like that is a absolute gauntlet of matches to go through from the end of October into the beginning of December. So like, get right now because you need to be ready for that part of the season. I Yeah, there's
1: no doubt about that, um, especially with the injuries and things piling up. This is, I think, always the the point um, that Poch is going to be looking at to to get a lot of people back. Like I said, coming out of the international break with a little bit of look, people are talking about the Antonio, Antonio Conte inflection point. Probably not going to be that drastic and that big, right? Because we obviously aren't going to change formations at this point, I don't think. We're just going to play out more as you'd expect back forward type of team. So anyways, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we got more content coming at you just because it's an international break doesn't mean we stop. So again, if you could support us anyway, whether it's free or paid, it goes a long ways to, to keeping this ship a running. So uh, thank you to everybody. Uh, we'll be back later this week. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.